0: Let's get after this thing today, and what I want to talk to you about, or what God wants to talk to you about today is big. It's big. It's, I mean, it's really big. Everybody say big. May them say big. 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 No louder than that. Big. big. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. It's ta- As a matter of fact, that's what I titled today's message. Big. That means it's, it's, it's important. It's important, but what I want to focus on is big. Now, I wanted a title that you will not forget, and if you forget that one, if you can't remember that one, then we need to pray for you now, right? And we can do that if you need it to, but listen. But what we're talking about is big because I want you to realize something. We, we live in a world that is obsessed with big things, right? Just think about this for a minute. We're obsessed with big things. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having big things, I don't, I don't, I'm not, but I'm going to make a very, very obvious point. And it's really a, I mean, it's a worldly mindset, but it is extremely bad in America. I know when I first started traveling to Europe and overseas and into Africa and other various places, it was amazing to me to see how they would do farming. Because they would work, and they would work the fields with a small tractor and a tiny little truck, and, and they would put out the same amount of crops that we did in America. But when you went to the, the farm in America, the farmer had a semi-truck to pull his tractor around when the guy in Europe was pulling it with a small tractor. But in our mindset in America is everything's bigger in America, right? But we're obsessed with it. And you know, I can really come with this from a, from a guy's perspective. I remember when Hampton he started working at a company up here in Lynette. It was called West Rock. And he worked with uh, uh, Kevin there, up there for a, lo- for a season for him. And he came home after being there for three days. He said, Dad, I don't think I'm going to make it there. I was like, why is that? He said, have you seen the parking lot out there? He said, my gosh, I can't compete with these guys. And there's like, every one of them, like, there's like 40, 50,000, $80,000 pickup trucks out there. They're huge. They're all out there. I can't buy that, you know. And, uh, and, but as a, as a guy, I'm... Men are obsessed with big trucks, right? I mean, they are. We don't just and some of this is driven by marketing, right? The marketing. But we we like big trucks. I mean, guys do. I, I'm not a big truck guy, you know, anyway, myself, but for the most part, and you know, if you go to buy a truck, they're going to convince you you need a big truck. It's just a thing, you know. Of course, that's more money for them. But we like big things. We're obsessed for big things. As far as guys are go, if we're buying a motor, we want you know this motor will work. But what you got that's bigger, right? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about because you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I kind of do that, you know. But give me the big motor. I want the fast motor. If you're gonna if you're gonna buy if you're gonna buy a boat, well, I like this boat, but what you got that's bigger, you know? What's the biggest I can afford? Give me the big one. The big one. Give me and especially tools. Now I'm a tool guy. I love tools. I've got more tools than I'll probably ever use, and I tap into those quite a bit, and I still like to get new ones, you know, I like to go in the tool department and just smell tools, you know, I just like that, I I don't understand it, I don't know, God gave me that gift, and I will just run with it, right, but you know, and, and there used to be a show on years ago, I can't remember what it was, Tool Time or something like that, but Home improvement, that was it. And, and Tim Allen was always known for, you know, having the most powerful or the biggest tool. And anyway, it was a joke. I'm really, I'm aging myself for real now talking about that. But tools, you know, the like, point is if we're shopping, guys, speaking, we, we want the big stuff, big power. Give me something big, 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 big. And this, this I mean, this mindset is all throughout society. You know, you go to fast food. And, you know, that's the biggest scam there ever is. You know the number one profitable item or two most profitable items in fast food are the upsized drinks, And the upsized fries. I know this because I used to be a district manager of a Wendy's. And I had five stores underneath me and I know what paid the bills. Those are the two items that everyone seems to fall for. And everybody always says, do you want to upsize that? Remember, they used to have the biggie fry and the biggie drink and so forth and all that. But see, this this mindset is everywhere. We like big things, big things. And, you know, ladies, you're not left out of this. Because when you get married, when the guys, when he proposes to you, what is it you want on a finger? You want a rock. But you, you may tell him you want the little rock. But no, you want the big rock. You want to be able to get in everybody. Look, look, oh, it's my day. I'm getting married. I'm going to get, look. Yeah, Miranda's like, hey, I've seen these rocks, you know, because Miranda's doing weddings about every week now. <laughs> but that's just the truth. And they did, and, 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 and they don't just want a little rock. They want a big rock. Now, I'm not trying to discourage you guys that are going to propose to somebody anytime soon. I'm sorry, I know. You have a good wife, uh, future wife that's going to be happy with whatever you get for them. So you don't have to get the big, big, big rock. There, I made you feel better about that. right? But listen, you know, but girls not only want the little uh, rock on their finger, but then they want the wedding. You know, they may tell you, well, we're just going to have a little wedding. You know, like Anna, it's just going to be five or ten people, you know. Yeah, that lasted about two weeks. Now it ended up being a 105 and a 110, and then big meal, you know. The wedding, so she starts out, I just want a wedding, but now it's a big wedding, because we like big things, big, 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 you know. Yeah, I was going to mention Chelsea on that, but I won't throw her in there. Because <laughs> when she got that ring, I mean, she was just like, mm-hmm, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Chelsea. But... <laughs> But, you know, they, they want that. And, you know, girls don't want, they don't just want one pair of shoes. They want the biggest collection of shoes. Now, that can go either way, right? Because I know Jeremy, he's not here today, but he has, I don't know how many pairs of shoes. And I think he has double the pair of socks that he has for shoes. which I don't explain, I don't understand, no. But listen, if we, just in society, if, we, if we're buying something, we want something bigger, we want, we, if we're buying a house, we want the biggest house we can afford. Big, 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 big. Everything is, is driven. If you want land, we want a lot of land, land, land. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anything is wrong with having big things, but I'm making a very clear point here. Is, and if you really think about it, our personality and just people in general, big things are cool. Right? I mean, how many times have you been driving down the road or the interstate and you see like an oversized load coming down the other side of the interstate and it's one of these massive windmill wings or whatever you call propellers and and it's like 300 foot long and they were able to put this on a truck and transport it. I mean, it catches your attention. You're just like, oh my gosh, that is huge. How did they do that? It's massive. But we're drawn to it because it's big, right? And I remember years ago, I I was... uh, I spent a season where I drove a semi-truck, and it was just how I met Pastor Michelle here. But uh, uh, I drove that truck, and it, I loved driving it. It was big, you know, semi-truck. They're they're nearly 14 foot tall, and, you know, the the trailers were 53 foot long. You put a 30-foot truck in front of that. And, I mean, you're you put, you're driving an 80-foot uh, vehicle here, and, you know, you got, you get in that thing, and you're going to crank it up. I mean, it's got a lot of power, and you're just like, ooh, yeah, hey, you know. You know, you just, you just felt like, hey, I can take the world. Don't get in my way, you know. And some truck drivers do drive that way, but I'll never forget. I was, I was driving that, and, and I had a delivery one day right up here in Silicaga to a quarry up there that is called, at the time it was called George Marble. I have no idea what it's called now. But I'm, I'm driving in this big truck, and I'm just like, you know, I'm owning the road, and I'm going to make my delivery. And I pull in there, and I had never been there. And, I mean, you know, a quarry's big. Right? That's another big thing. I'll just throw that in there. But I pull in there to make my delivery. I go to the receiving, and the guy was like, okay, all right, well, that item really needs to go to the backside of the quarry, to the, to, the, to the field office over there, and they'll unload you right there. I was like, not a problem. I'll drive it around there. He said, it'll take you about 10 minutes around to drive around the quarry. He said, now, you're going to have to drive on the service road. You need to be careful. I'm like, what is it? And he's like, it's a dirt road. It's only 100 foot wide, but that road is used by he called them a ute. I don't know what it was. What he was talking about was the humongous dump trucks which carry the stone out of the quarry. I had never seen one in person, but i would seen plenty in, in 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 pictures and I was like, "Hey, I'm in a truck. I mean, he he, he can see me." I mean, you know, he's like, "No, you need to be careful." You know, he said, "You need to put your emergency flashers on and you need to if one comes up, you need to get out of the way." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? I'm in this big semi-truck, you know?" So I'm going, I'm making my way around, and there's a little rise there. There's a hill. It's kind of like a movie, you know, and I can see the dust because it's summertime. I'm like, what is that? You know, I couldn't see over the hill, but I could see the dust cloud, and I'm like looking, and I'm I'm driving, and I'm like getting a little nervous, and about that time, this thing comes over the top of the hill, and I, I mean, it was the biggest. It almost took up the whole road. That I immediately shot over to the side, and as I drove by, as he drove by, I'm looking out my window, looking up like this, and I can barely see the bottom of the cab as he drives by. It was huge. It was unbelievable. I was like a little kid. I was like, "That's so cool. You know, I want to drive it. You know, let me get up there." You know, and so, I, I, <laughs> but I went on around to make my delivery, and it became lunchtime, and I'm sitting in my truck. You know, I'm it's, a semi's pretty tall. You know. And so the guys that drive these trucks pull back around to eat lunch at the, at the little break area there. And they all parked right there by my truck. And there were six of them. And there's six of these massive things. Don't, I don't know what you call them. They call them Utes. I don't know. But they were so tall. I mean, I was sitting in my seat in that semi-truck, and I was looking about the middle of the front wheel. And I could still look up. You know, just to get to the top of the way. And literally, when the guy pulled up to park, he had to go down four flights of stairs to get out of this thing. I was like, I want to drive it. Let me have it. You know, it was, like, it was so cool, you know. But, <laughs> but big things are cool, right? I'm obsessed with airplanes. I love airplanes. I'm amazed that they can take hundreds of thousands of pounds and lots of people, and they can just put that thing up in the air and let it fly for 20 hours. It's really cool. And, you know, um, I'm not the only one obsessed with big things, just to give you an example, there's like 5.5 million people a year uh, visit the Grand Canyon, right? And and why do we go? I've never been there. I, I, know it's, I know it's beautiful, right? But it's a hole. It's a big hole, you know? And a lot of people are going to see this big hole. Yeah. And I'm not criticizing. I'm, I've never been there. You know, I know it's beautiful, but the point is, is big things are cool, and it attracts us. It attracts us. We're drawn to all of those things. And if you re- if you really think about it, we live in a big world, right? We think planet Earth is really big, but do you really? When you really study it, how, the Earth really isn't that big in perspective, and we'll talk about that in a second. But We live in this big world. We live in a, in a big, big, big nation, and we live on a uh, big earth, and we live, we live in a big state, and we live, live in our city, or, which is a big city, and we live, we live in our big house. Now, if you live in a house in America, uh, when you compare houses in America to around the world, I don't care if your house is 1,400 square foot, you have a big house, right? When you look at the, and some of you that have traveled the world, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Point is, is we live in this great world, and we, live, we have all these big things, and we love these big things, and it's great to have big things. That's okay. All that does is that shows that we are a blessed people. And it shows that God is such a good God. Amen. He is an awesome God. You know, we sing that song that he's an awesome God, or we used to back in my day, but he is an awesome God. He's a big God, right? And that's what I want to come to today is I want to ask you guys, have you ever really thought about how big is God? How big is God? Now, I know we all, everybody's always said, they they talk, you know, churchy or religious or whatever, oh, I serve a big God. But have you ever really thought about how big is God? How big is God? Because I'm going to tell you something. We are a blessed people, and we are a blessed nation, and God is good to all of this. But have you ever really thought about that? How big is God? Now, let me go ahead and just clear some things up really quick. That's a good question. But that is a question that is not easy to answer. In other words, we'll never completely understand how big God is, right? And we will never, we, our minds cannot, we cannot, we, we can't handle that much information. We, Our minds are not capable. I know you You may feel like you're extremely intelligent and you probably are and that's great and all of that, but even the most intelligent person on this earth cannot handle that much information. You know, that's why God doesn't give you the plan for your life all out in, in the open. I mean, if He told you everything that you were going to do and that you were going to face, and not, you'd probably have a heart attack, right? Or you would run. I'm not having nothing to do with that, right? But... Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, says that now I know in part, imperfectly, talking about right now. But then, what he's talking about there is when I come face to face with God, right? And he says, then I will know and understand fully and clearly. So simply put, is, is there are things about God that we'll never know. We'll never know how big he completely is. We won't know, we can't grasp all of that, right? But he gives us taste, and He shows us things of things to come. And when we get face to face with well, you can ask Him all of these great questions. I like to think of it like this. If, if, if God was small enough for my little mind, then He wouldn't be big enough for my provision or for my problems, right? I like to think of it that way. That, that just kind of helps me right there. But, but, but Paul was reminding us, says, you only know part now, but you'll know the rest when in, when in due time, when we come face to face. But there is a way... That we can get a glimpse. God shows us things. And there's a way that we can get a glimpse of just how great God is. And we find that, of course, in God's Word. Amen? So if you kiddos have your GPS, you may want to pay attention here. All right? But we can get a glimpse of God's greatness. We can get a glimpse of how good God is. We can get a glimpse of all of these great... His majesty, His splendor, and all of that. Right? One way, the Word tells us exactly how we can do that. And that is Romans 1.20. It says, For ever since the world... And this is out of the New Living Translation. It says, "Forever ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through, they have seen it. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power, and His divine nature. Simply put... We can't see God, but we can know He's real simply by looking at His creation, what He created. Right? At what He created. And I mean that's that that's that's we lose sight of that. We become so focused on the negative things of this great and mighty earth. The most great and mighty world, right? So but if you understand that you can, get, you can get a glimpse of His glory, His power, his, his majesty, just how all of His greatness and all of that just from His creation. Everything that he's, He created. And if you just think of this earth and everything that He created, think of it as His fingerprints. His fingerprints, the fingerprints of God. When you Think about it like when a, a policeman comes on a scene to do an investigation. What are they doing? They're trying to, to form a, a, an image or a picture of the criminal based on the evidence that that criminal left behind. Well, guys, when you, you can get a picture of God and who He is and His nature and His power and His greatness by the evidence of the things that He created. Amen? Right? So that's what you can do. And when you look everywhere around us, Right? all the natural wonders, then you can get just that slight little glimpse, that light. And Psalms 19.1 tells us that God's creation is the expression of God's power. Now just think about that for a minute. We live in a world right now where so many people struggle to, to find God. Are they, or I can't see Him. I don't, I don't know He's real. Are you kidding me? Have you been to the Grand Canyon? I haven't been there, but it's a big hole and a lot of people like to see it, right? But you just look around. See, look around. See, people just have to learn to change their focus just a little bit. Shift. Where's your focus? Where's your focus, right? Because if you're struggling to see God, if you're struggling to find Him, if you're struggling to know that He's real, then your focus is probably shifted on all of the negative things in your life, all of the negative things in this earth. Because let me tell you something. If you just go out, and look at his great earth that he created. And not just nature, but that's a big part of it. Now, now, did, Tony, do y'all have that picture? Did you, did you, were you able to get that picture? Put, or, or who's, oh, Jazz. Look at this picture. Now, this isn't the best quality, but this, I took it on my phone. I took this the other day while I was kayaking. And I'm going to tell you, that's a beautiful picture. I mean, if the water was just a little bit lighter, you couldn't tell the sky from the water. That was, and I'm just sitting there when I was paddling across and I was just like, wow, that blew me away. I mean, I just, when I saw that and I took that, I was just like, man, I was just like, God is great. He, and it just, it reminded me of His goodness. It reminded me just how big He is, just how great He is, and that He's greater than anything that I'm facing, anything that comes against me, anything that tries to attack me. He's, 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 he is powerful. And I'm just some, sometimes when I, when I see His majesty and I see everything that He's created, it, brings, it just brings me to tears, you know? Because sometimes we, I realize even as a pastor I can lose focus right this is why we keep each other accountable and we we and this is the importance of staying connected to your local church right amen so let me and let me just say this though and this is very important because we're talking about nature and we we don't want to get out of balance you know you want to stay balanced in any, with everything with god because you can get too far over here in the ditch or you can get too far over here in the ditch we want to stay in the middle of the road we want to stay balanced we're talking about nature and we're talking about looking at the beauty and the splendor and all the greatness in the nature, and God created nature. But there's a lot of people that worship nature yeah. eh, out of balance. God is not nature. Let me be very clear. He's not, he's, he is the creator of nature. Amen? And that's what we're, that's what we're, do- we're actually, we're admiring that nature and understanding that, man, it took an amazing God to create it. To create it. That's what we're doing. So, I'm going to give you just... I'm going to just in a really quick... Just give you a a short rundown of of God's creation. (laughs) right? And not just this earth. Because I know a lot of people think of His creation and they think of the earth. But there's more to His creation than this earth. And, you know, this planet that we live on... Is It's amazing. And this is what we get to see. You know, now they're making it where we can go into the space and come back, you know, before long, who knows what they'll come up with, right? But when you talk about this planet, and it's huge, and it's massive, and we're on it, and we can see it. We can travel. If you never traveled, I encourage you to travel the world, see the sights, enjoy God's splendor. It's amazing. It's amazing. Keith says, amen, you know, as it is. It's really cool. But just when you think about this earth, and you talk about creation, this earth is a part of a galaxy. But let me tell you something. In creation, there are billions of galaxies. Yes. Now, remember, God created this. God created. There are bit, not, not millions, billions of galaxies. Billions of galaxies. Yes. And, 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 and those galaxies are hundreds of thousands of light years apart. That's a long way. That is a, that is big, big. And of all those galaxies, we live in one. So we live in, and it's called the Milky Way. So when you go out tonight and when you look up at the stars and everything that you're seeing, that's the Milky Way. That's our galaxy. That's, what, that's where we live, right? And we, of all of the billions, we live in one. And that's one. And you can just, just see how big it is. It's massive. It's, it's, total, it's huge. And as a matter of fact, there are 1.5 trillion suns in the Milky Way alone. One point tr- trillion. That's big. That's a lot. That is a lot. And some of you are thinking, I never knew that. Well, you weren't paying attention in school. That's okay. That's all right. I had to re- re-Google it. That's all right. You know, that's all right. But think about this. Our sun to the earth is one of the smallest it's one of the smallest. One, one, 1.5 trillion suns, and our sun is the little one. So when we talk about earth being small, it's not really big. And if you think about earth not that big, you're, we're really tiny in the whole scheme of things. Really tiny, really tiny. And as a matter of fact, if you were to, well, you can put 1.3 million earths inside the sun if you were to take earth and put it in the sun, you could put 1.3 million. Talk about tiny. Point is, is talk about big. How big is the unit? It's huge. And think about this. The Milky Way is it's one galaxy, right? And it's 100,000 light years from side to side now let's just bring that into perspective say I want to get out there and I want to get in my truck and it was possible and I want to drive across the Milky Way oh, well you know mom I'm, I'm, I call her mom mom when you get out I'm going to just drive across the Milky Way tonight. alright so let's just do that how are you going to do that well I'm going to have to get at one side and I'm going to have to start driving and I'm going to have to drive at the speed of light which is 186,000 miles per second that's fast and then I'm going to have to start, and I'm, also, I'm I'm moving, I'm moving, and it's still going to take me hundred thousand years to get across it. Wow. Big, I won't be home for dinner, right? If I do that, <laughs> eh? so uh, so sorry. And you know one of the coolest things when I was doing my research on this, and the the scientists use these massive telescopes, and they all got, they have different names for them, this that and other, and and they can if they use the the strongest telescope. And they're they're looking through, and in other words, they're looking as far as they can see. In other words, technology will only let us go so far. But the one thing that the scientists say is they say that they can tell that it doesn't end. In other words, they can tell that when this telescope only goes so far, but the light is still going. You know why that is? God said, Let there be light. He never said, Let it stop. He's big. He's big. Big, 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 and the really cool thing is, is God created all of that. It didn't take any effort. You know how He created it? He spoke it and let there be light. Big God, big, big. I mean that's that's amazing. So all that being said is, is, is we can see God's power, we can see God in our great Earth, and all his, now that you can get a kind of a perspective of his creation, He created more than just this planet, He created the universe, and it's massive. And we can't even wrap our mind around how big it is. But one thing that you can take away is that you can rest assured that when you see how big God is, you can sit down and know that no matter what you're facing right now and what's coming against you, it may be tragic, it may be tough, but it's still not bigger than God. Never, 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 never. But now, I want to ask you a very important question. And I want you to ask yourself this, you know, we don't answer questions here. You know, we just I want to bring your attention to this because this is very important. How big is your God? Yeah. This is a this is this is see see perspective is everything. How big is your God? See, too often as Christians we go through life and life throws sticks in our wheel, throws rocks at us and we face things and we deal with things. That's just a part of this broken world. That we live in. And we're we're, going to deal with those things. But if you read the the end of the book, and most of you have read the book. I'm talking about the Bible. We are victorious. We will win this battle, right? Doesn't mean that we don't fight. We don't deal with some things. We don't have problems and all of that. But if you stick it out, stay in there. Keep doing what God's telling you to do. And you don't quit. Don't quit. That's an attitude I wish everybody had. Do not quit. Well, unless you're coming up against me, right? but don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. But listen, too often we get as Christians when we're dealing with these problems. That's where our focus stays. It gets turned, and it gets. And I know how hard it is to go to work. And you have something crazy that just broke loose that day. And you just got to deal with it in the natural. And then you got to go to God in prayer. And then you got to walk away from it. And you got to put the a, a joy of the Lord smile on your face when the world's falling apart at the job site. And you got to walk home. And you got to let it go. And trust in faith that it's going to work itself out. Because you have a great big God that's watching out for you. It's hard. It's hard. But listen. That's when you got to take the time to slow down and look outside, the, look at the splendor of the earth. Remind yourself of God's creation so you can remind yourself how big He is because He's a big God, created a big universe. And guess what? He put you in it right here for this time to do what He's called you to do, to be victorious at what He's called you to do. Now that's pretty honorable right there, I take it. right, And you should also. Amen. You should. But listen, you can't become so fixed on your problems, right? That your problems become bigger than God. And a lot of people do this. And and, and, and I'm gonna tell you something. When I was putting this together I was I always I loved the the the, 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 the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. You know, they were buddies with Daniel. And it's funny, after this story, Daniel learned from this story because right after this story, Daniel goes into the lion den. And so he learned something. But they knew their God was big. You know, when you you read the story, Nebuchadnezzar was like, you know, he builds this gold statue and and he tells everybody, you got to worship it. You know, we talked about idols last week. And, 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 And these guys, they were like, we're not worshiping that. We're not having anything to do with it. No, it's not. I will only worship the one true God. So Nebuchadnezzar's like, oh, yeah, no, you're going you're gonna to worship this. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but well, you're going to worship this, or you'll die. I'm going to burn you alive. And they didn't care. Now, you're to talk about knowing your God is a big God when you're threatened with a situation like this. And, 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 and you know, what's really cool is if, you, is if you read it in context, you understand, they really made him mad. Because, I mean, he, Nebuchadnezzar's like, oh, I'm going to get these guys. You know, So he has his servants, they have him... They got the fire going. They got the furnace going. But he says, no, I want it hot. He says, I want you. So he had them crank the heat up. They, they, they cranked the heat up to ten times hotter than it typically was to, 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 to execute someone, I guess is what they would call it back then. But, and so he was mad. And, so, and, and they still did not back down. They said, no, we will not worship. Anything but the one true God. And so the, the uh, Nebuchadnezzar's servants take them in and, they, and they're, they're putting them in the furnace. And the furnace is so hot that as they're putting them in the furnace that Nebuchadnezzar's servants burn to death. They die right there. They burn up. But these three guys didn't burn. And they go in the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar's watching from a distance and he's looking off in there and he's thinking, whoa, wait a minute, them jokers are walking around in there. And he didn't just see three, they put three in, he saw four. Four. So when you read the story, he he says, Wow, that fourth one looked like it may be a god. Now he's getting nervous. He's like, Whoa, wait a minute, what's going on? So what happens is, is he calls them out, they come back out, and it says they they didn't even smell like smoke. They had been in a fiery furnace. And bodies had burned up right there as they went in. They didn't even smell like smoke. Whoo, God's a big God. And what happened with Nebuchadnezzar? He says, "He says, oh wow, you know, he's he's backing up now. He's like, oh my gosh, your God is the true God, you know." And then, he, of course, he goes and he makes the big command: nobody speak against God, you know. He it, things turned, things shifted, right? But they knew how big their. God, I mean, you talk about faith in God, you know. We talk about faith around here, but man, that's that's faith in God, right? And I remember something. I remember when God he he dropped he showed me he showed me this so clearly. Well, he spoke to my heart when we were in, we were on our way back from Ukraine. We had adopted Natalie. And Natalie did not have a, yeah, Natalie, she didn't have a uh, visa. She wasn't an American citizen until she got to America. So in transit, she's nobody. I don't know. She's Natalie without a a visa or without a passport. And so we land in in London Heathrow. We had a 24-hour layover. Well, we couldn't go get a hotel because she could not leave the airport. And so, you know, 24 hours, and he throws a big airport, but still, what you going to do, you know? But I love airports, I mean airplanes, so I just, I love them. The kids pick at me all the time because I watch these documentaries, and I just love them, and I'm fascinated by them, it's just really cool, powerful, and they're big, they're big, you know? We love big things, you know? So I'm sitting at the window, and I'm watching these planes come in. Come I in, land, and I'll watch them. They'll go to their gate and watch it. I'm just sitting there, and that's cool, looking at the, the big ones, the little ones, the big ones. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like looking at how far off they are, and I'm just doing this. And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to gauge the size of, of the plane is what I'm doing. And I'm like, well, that one, you know, if I can get this, my fingers around this much, then that's a 747, you know. And so I'm doing all of this, and then as I'm, I'm watching in the distance, they're getting smaller, and they're small. They're small, but as they get closer, they get bigger. They get bigger. They get big. They land, and this thing's massive. They're huge. It's so cool. I remember when we went to Africa. We were on a uh, one of the double decker planes. You know, you can get five hundred people on there. Was so cool to walk around. I got in trouble for going up the stairs to the upstairs. You know, I, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, they're, they're, as a pastor, don't do that. You know, and of course, I didn't tell them, But anyway, but anyway, so I'm watching them, and these planes are coming in. They're getting there. Uh, they're off in the distance. They're small. And I'm like, you know, I can get my fingers around them. That's how small they are. But the closer they got, they're, they're huge. Hundreds of thousands of pounds and massive 500 people on these things. And God told me, he said, he said, if people only would use that thought process when addressing me. If people would only, and I was like, what? And he was like, if people would only realize the closer they get to me, the bigger I am in their life. Amen. I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Can I preach that? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. So we'll do it. Yeah, it's good. But it's so cool. See, some people are looking at God. They're looking for God and all the problems the, that they're dealing with, this, that, and other. But God's way out here. He's this big. But they need God to be this big. They need God to... Well, what's the difference? What's going to change things? You've got to get closer to God. How close? Now, how do, of course, we, how do you do that? That's why your relationship is key. That's why, you know, God, I don't even call it prayer when I go to God. We just talk. I can sense His leading. I can sense what He's telling me. I've gotten so close to Him, and I am so in tune to Him now. And, and listen, I'm not, no different than you. you. He will do the same thing to you if you just pursue Him. Put Him first, glory to God, so that He is always bigger than anything this world throws at you, amen. Bigger than anything. Now, there's, there's, see, we talk about faith around here all the time, and that you, faith in, in God is is key because you got to believe Him. You got to believe Him, right? You got to. And, and I know it's hard to believe, especially if you were living in the world for a lifetime and then you came into the things of God, because you've you've had the world uh, contaminate your belief system, right? And let, me, let me just show you an example. Alina, will you, help me for, will you help me just a second? Can you unmute one of these, Tony? Hop right up here. I want to ask you a question. Are you awake? Didn't she do an awesome job singing yeah. today? Yay! Yeah. All right, I'm going to ask you a really hard question. You know, really hard question. There's no wrong answers, okay? So just answer the question, right? You, you got some pretty cool parents, don't you? You got like a biker dad. He's a musician, too. I see your mom looking at him like he's like, ooh, that's my man. You know, I like eh? yeah, that's a Pretty cool parents, right? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. Whenever you're hungry and you want something to eat, who gets that for you? Huh? I know. Do you know Nathan? Yes. Who? Mom. All right. That's okay, not wrong, there's no that, right. but, but mom or dad, I'm assuming dad helps some too now. Right, but let me ask you this, whenever you need a, a, a shirt or a jacket or something for school or whatever, who gets that for you? God. Um, well, wait a minute, we're getting there, but who gets it here on earth? Mom and dad. Mom and dad, that's right. Now, now, let me, here, Nathan, coming up here, you can help out. He's dying, he can't stand it, he can't stand it. So let me ask you guys something. You have great parents, and they they give you your food, they give you your clothes. Is there when you guys need something, there you never you don't ever wonder if they're going to get it for you, do you? You know they're going to get it for you, right? Because they're your parents, and they love you, right? Yeah. Cool. All right, thanks, guys. You can drop down there. Glory, to God, guys. That's faith, right there. That's. You know the scripture tells us that we should have childlike faith. That's childlike faith. You know children are they're they're gifted from birth with faith, uncontaminated faith. It's why they, they look at their their mom and their dad and and it's, there's no question. For my provision. There's no question I'm going to have my clothes. There's no question I'm going to be comfortable. No question I'm going to be protected. No question about any. Their faith hasn't been contaminated by the world. You see, kids believe without any convincing to believe. That's exactly how God wants us to live our lives. We're His kids. We're His kids. And that's what he wants. He wants us just to believe in him for our provision. Believe in him for our protection. Believe in him for our health. Believe in him for everything that he's called us to do, Gloria. To- every promise that's in the word of God. Just believe. Yeah. Faith. Faith. That's when you have faith in God. Childlike faith. That's when your faith and God is stronger than your faith in the problem. Now, God is bigger than anything this world will ever throw against you. Glory to God. And that's the key. That's the difference. Faith. Believing in everything and trusting in your Lord and Savior. Glory to God. Amen. You know, God's big. God's a big, we serve a big God. Now when we say we serve a big God, from now on, I want you just to, if you ever feel pressed down and you, you ever feel, feel, as a matter of fact, in Matthew it tells us, don't be anxious. He says, he goes on to say that, that for what you eat, what you'll wear, he says, he goes on in, in, in that verse, he says to, to, when you, to just simply look at the birds of the air. Now how much greater are you, but yet your Father in heaven takes care of those birds. Now they don't pray, they don't sow, they don't reap glory to God. Listen, when you feel pressed down, you feel discouraged, and you feel like life's coming against you, and you can't overcome, and you can't. Listen, go on a hike. I love it. I love it. And you're not worshiping the nature, but that nature will show you God's splendor, and it will encourage you to stand against whatever you're facing right then and there. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray.